The nail in the coffin! Welcome to the Nail of the Coffin. It's episode number 90 of our weekly Cleveland Sports Podcast. I'm Tom Valentino, joined as always by Travis Yuley. We are recording on Thursday night. Trav, how you doing, buddy? Good. Good evening, Tino. How are you, my man? I cannot complain. The uh, Indians uh, continuing to roll right along. Got to enjoy a little Tom Hamilton on the drive home from work today. Nothing better than that. No, it's uh, it's about the only thing that makes getting caught at Dead Man's Curve and Rush Hour bearable. But uh, it's nice they finally started one of these games before ten o'clock. I, it was, you know, nice I couple uh, nights are brutal. Like I stayed up for a couple innings each time. I'm like, I just can't do it. I'll have to check it in the morning. <laughs> I've I've pretty much been in the same boat. I've tried, and I get about five or six innings in, and then I'm just yeah, it ain't happening. So, um, I I will tell you what is happening though. We've uh, we've got an awesome guest on uh, tonight's show. I'm super excited about this. Uh, our uh, old photographer friend, Ken Blaze. Ken, thank you for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me. All right. So you have photographed three NBA finals. You've done two World Series. We're hoping for a third one of those in a month. Uh, we've seen your work in USA Today, the New York Times, Sports Illustrated, ESPN. Basically, I could spend an entire hour here just rattling off a list of all the outlets where your work has appeared. Um, you've got a pretty fun job. Uh, yes, I think a lot of people think that it's a very, very fun job, and, and, and most of the time it is pretty fun. All right, so were you what What have you been working on recently? I assume you've been down at all the Indians games. Yeah, um, I I do about uh, I don't know about forty five fifty percent of uh, the home games in town. I have a partner who I split my games with. Um, so lately. Over the last, uh, you know, couple months or so, it's been pretty Indians heavy. Um, you know, the Browns are back and everything, but it's it's been a lot of Indians, um, which has been totally fine because how well they've been doing. So it hasn't been hasn't been too uh, unfun, I guess. Okay, all right. So take me through a, a typical work day for you when when you're going to shoot a tribe game, like. You're obviously not if it's a 7:10 first pitch. You're obviously not like rolling into the stadium at 7:05. Um, I'm assuming there's a lot of stuff you got to get ready pre-game and and then just during the game and what you have to do afterwards and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. Um, for Indians uh, and all the, the sports are all kind of different when it comes to like what you need to think about and what you need to prepare for. Um, but yeah, since we're in Indians land, Indian season, um, I work for one of the one of the main wires. Um, that's out there these days. And uh, part of what we do is we cover the games um, each night uh, like we're covering both sides of the story. So we're covering both teams. Um, so first and foremost, I have to show up and be kind of in journalism mode and not be an Indians fan, which is tough because um, I'm a lifelong Cleveland guy. And, you know, not, you know, sitting there rooting for your team is, is always difficult. But I'm, I'm used to it now after you know all these years. Um, so, so the idea is when you're when you're, when you're covering a baseball game, um, you want to be able to, to to show what happened in the game that tells a story um, that night. And you know, uh, for us, 
that is, you know, being being able to to know the game and 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 be prepared for it. So first things first is you know bring the right gear. Um, you know, there's a specific set of of lenses in 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 bodies that you need to to, to shoot a game properly, and you have to have, make sure your 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 batteries are all charged. You have to make sure your computer is good to go. Make sure you have all your 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 gear that lets you get your your images into the computer, all that kind of stuff. Um, I show up about two hours before game time. Um, you know, on a typical day, uh, you know, you, you watch the, you listen to the news, you listen to the sports stations, you listen to talk radio, you make sure you know what's going on, you make sure you know what team is is in and what teams, you know, what they have is like, you know, star players and if there's any storylines and you have all that stuff in your mind and, and you start, you, you head out to the field and, and you want to like illustrate that stuff. Um, you know, I feel like I'm talking crazy. You guys still there listening to me? On this? <laughs> we are. I know it's like you just it's like I could just rail it off like more information than you need probably so just stop me when you, if you need to um so being aware of like what the storylines are and being aware of like what you need to cover for the game is all that preparation that goes on and then uh you get in place for first pitch and 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 you go and you, and, you, and you, then you kind of default to 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 your knowledge and, and what you know about the game you're shooting and and you shoot away um we uh we typically send images um during the game uh so like my my outlet wants us to send both starting pictures uh before or uh, as soon as they they finish the first inning so that typically after the first inning i'll i'll, I'll send some photos of, of both starters uh you get those images out onto the wire so they're you know in circulation immediately then go back and 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 continue shooting and then we 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 upload during the game when things happen you know if there's a play to play it or second base player or a really good catch or uh you know any runs scored you want to try and get those in as soon as you can and then uh, when the game's over you, you look for something that shows kind of celebration or dejection one of the two and you get that all you know squared away and sent and, you, and you're good to go and that's kind of it in a nutshell we try to all get right. out of there as quick as we can <laughs> now you, you you mentioned celebrations were you in the clubhouse for the indians on sunday was that one of the games you were working i i was not working on sunday i had a uh I had a wedding to shoot that day. I do have other things that I have on my plate, and this was just one of those things that was not my, not my game. So, but I was in the Cubs clubhouse when they won the World Series. All right. So, what was that Unfortunately. like? <laughs> Unfortunately, um, it's pretty surreal. Um, it, being in a place where only a handful of people are ever going to be in is, is pretty crazy. And uh, even though it was not the team I, I had hoped would be winning the World Series. Um, being in there to see those guys celebrate and to see the, the chaos that happens and then to be there to try and like capture what's happening was, was pretty remarkable. So when you're in there and obviously you would, you're trying not to shoot, obviously do your job as a fan. You're trying to be, remain professional, all that stuff, but clearly you're an Indians fan. Are you just like snapping pictures? Like, ah, oh, fuck these guys. Click, click, <laughs> click, like the whole time. No, it, it, it the second the game was over, that kind of changed. It was just like, all right, they won. I'll go, you know, go work, do your thing. You know, and my favorite, it, my favorite image from that whole night is this. I have this image of of Michael Martinez walking off the field, and behind them you can see the entire Cubs team kind of celebrating. And for me, it was like a perfect image because it showed the, showed the loss on the Indians, showed the winning of the Cubs, and it just was like, you know, oh man, that's like, you know, as a photographer, that's like that's what you want to get. You want to get something that's like so perfect for your game and so amazing 
you know, photographically that you're just like, you know, that's it. Um, I knew I had that picture before I even went in the clubhouse. So I was just like, you know, I felt good about how I was, you know, working my situation and, and it, it didn't matter to me what images were going to come out. I just needed to go, you know, go and do it. Now being in there was super difficult. So, um, I was prepared. My camera was wrapped in saran wrap. I had goggles. We got raincoats to put on. It was, um, it was absolutely nuts. And I'm, I'm lucky that the camera I use still operates, to be honest. <laughs> All right. So I'm actually, I'm looking at this photo right now that you're describing. It's on your website, KenBlaze.com. Um, by the way, I like the one that's right next to it a whole lot more with LeBron rejecting Steph Curry in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, as I'm looking at this, you know, I'm thinking in terms of like being a writer, um, you know, if, if if I don't like the lead of my story, I can, you know, control a and delete and start again. If I miss a play, I, especially if it's a pro sports game or a major college game, I can look at a replay pretty much instantaneously. Um, for you, when you're shooting these things in the moment, you know, if you don't get the shot you want on the spot, it's not like you could just kind of walk on the field and be like, Hey guys, let's run that back again so I can get a different angle. Like, right. what's your mindset right. like when, when you know, like all oh, hell's breaking loose on the field like that, and you're trying to get a shot that you know is going to be ended up getting seen by like millions of people? Uh, it's it's super super stressful, and but it's fun at the same time. Um, this this is my I want to say my twenty second year I think of shooting professionally. Let me think about that for a second. Uh, yeah, just about 22nd year. And I like live to try and like be in these moments because they're so amazingly fun. And, and the, the anxiety, the stress, all that is all part of the job. It's all part of like, you know, how can I like be part of history almost? And I, and I absolutely love it. When I first started shooting professionally, I had the chance to shoot, um, the Indians and the, uh, let's see, that would have been the 90, it's 96 or 97 year. I can't remember the year. And, and I remember when I was shooting a clinching game, uh, we had uh, a pitcher on the mound who had just closed out the game. And, and there's an image of, of Jim Tomey running from, from his position to the pitcher and he's jumping in the air and he's, you know, screaming and he's celebrating. And I shot it horizontally and Jim jumped out of my frame. And I like look back at the this was on film and I got back to the office. I looked back on the film and I said, Oh my God, if I just would have had a vertical frame, I would have had this, this shot that I would have been, I would have forever remembered, you know, so it, it happens. And, and, and that happened to me right super early in my career. And ever since that, ever since that moment, I've always told myself, you know, be aware if people are jumping up and down, be aware if you have to if you have to change your, your orientation of your camera, because oftentimes you stick it on horizontally and, and you don't think that you might need to have that vertical perspective in the moments like that. And I've, I've learned since that very day. And to this day, I always remember that. Well, the good news is if you need to uh, shoot Isaiah Thomas jumping up this year, you might still be able to get away with shooting it. Uh, oh, hey, uh, <laughs> throwing out short jokes tonight. Eh? I see how it is. <laughs> Oh, uh, we like to have fun. Um, no, that actually, uh, Trav, I, I'm sorry, did you have a, a question you wanted to jump in with there? I was just going to say, you mentioned a couple times sort of your equipment and all the stuff that you have to sort of take with you. How how has that changed over the years? Do you have to take, 
obviously you've probably run the gamut from regular film and all that shit. I mean, up to where it is now and everything obviously is done digitally and all that stuff. Um, do you find you have to take less stuff, more stuff than you used to, or is it just different stuff or is it it's, mostly the same stuff? It's mostly the same. You just add the, you add the computer gear now. Um, you know, back in the day when it was film, you either had the film processed on site um, and, and then transmitted from there, or you were driving back to your, to your, uh, to your office or wherever you worked out of. So you didn't have to take a computer with you per se. I mean, back in the days of film, mostly the only people processing film on site was going to be the associated press and, and you can get film done that way. But w when things have changed and in, in, in moved into the digital world, it, it gave us more work to do on site in, it's, instead of like having to do it off site. So same kind of work. But we're we're bringing different different things with us, and then the you know and then the actual shooting gear has has certainly changed over the years, and has always it's always improving, it's always getting better. So, are we shooting with the same things? Kind of, you know, we're all using better better things than we did 15, 20 years ago, of course. But some guys are using lenses that are 15, 16, 17 years old because they were rock solid, you know, professional sports lenses that still to this day do a good job. So, it just kind of depends on the specifics. All right, so you had mentioned on your website that uh, the internet has kind of changed the way you do your job. How exactly is that? What What is different about your operation through uh, the course of a game now versus maybe when you were shooting those Indians games back in the 90s? Well, it's it's now it's about, you know, you, you, you shoot a game and you're expected a gallery of images and you're expected – 20, 25, 30 images. You know, if it's basketball, it's 25, 30, 35 images. If it's football, it's 50, 55 images. And then, you know, football, later you're expected to put up more and more imagery for stock. Um, same thing with basketball. Same thing with baseball, a little less just because of the, the way the sport is. Um, you know, back in the day shooting for one publication, like I did, you got, you know, three, four images. Make sure they're clean and tight and, and you process those and get those in the paper and then you move on to the next game. So we're expected now to, to really pump out a lot of good imagery and we can, and that's the thing is, is that we, we all can do it now and we can all do it a lot easier than we used to be able to do it. And, uh, and, it, and it, you could see it out there because, um, you know, the, the, the amount of people that are, that are in the sports industry now shooting you know um there's a there's a ton way more than there used to be so all right i'm gonna put you on the spot here obviously you've sure. shot some pretty high profile events over the years um do you have one where you could say oh this picture of this you know it was on the front page the next day or whatever the case is that a lot of people are gonna be like oh yeah i know which picture that is I know exactly which one he's talking about. There's probably more than one, but if you had to pick one, what do you think it would be? Well, only because my brain functions kind of like in the present, and that I I have a picture. It's not on my it's not on my website because I don't think it's as good as some of the pictures on my website. But I I have a shot of Rajay Davis rounding first after he hit that home run in Game Seven last year, and to me it was like okay, this is an iconic moment, especially if they would have won that game. And I was thinking, like, this could be one of those pictures that, like, lots of people will see. Um, the only problem with shooting, like, in high-profile stuff like that, 
is that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of us there. And, and while I would love to say I'm like this super amazing, great shooter, there's, there's a lot of other guys who are better than I am or just the same level as I am that were sitting right next to me or sitting down the line from me or sitting above me that were getting the same moments and, 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 and probably, you know, this day and age, you know, to be able to say who shot that iconic moment, you might not know because there might be five of us that have it. We just might be a little bit different from, from, from the angles that we're sitting at. So that's a super hard question for me to answer. But if I had to pick a picture that one from last year, I thought would have been pretty, pretty cool one. To what degree do you actually like try to seek out something that's going to be different from what everybody else has? I mean, obviously, like what you were kind of telling us at the beginning of, you know, you get those assigned shots, like you've got to get the pitchers by a certain point in the game for baseball. And I'm sure you've got similar things you need to get for the other sports, but, um, and like what you're saying here about, you know, there's a, you know, a good shot that you might get that five other guys are going to have, um, is it something that like, depending on what the game is, you get a little bit more flexibility to try some stuff that's a little different? Yeah, absolutely. Like if, if you're talking about playoffs of anything, you, you're basically stuck in a place, you know, and, and you have to shoot from where you're kind of assigned. Um, so like in that situation where we're all, you know, we've all got assigned seats in the photo pits and you guys have seen those photo pits down at, at Indians, you know, they cram us in there and, and, you know, you're arm to arm with people and, and you can't move. And, and while I might get, this amazing play to my right, the guy to my left might not get it because the third base coach is, you know, sticking his butt in our way, or he's got the, the pole from where we're sitting in the way. Or if I turn to my left to shoot, you know, the outfield, I don't get it because the, the umpire is in my way, but the guy next to me gets it because this guy's on it. So it absolutely does. It absolutely affects it. But on a normal kind of, you know, let's say a normal baseball day in, in the middle of June, you know, when you're one of maybe three other people at the ballpark shooting, you've got a lot more opportunities to try and move yourself around, get in a different place, try a different angle and try and make a different kind of picture. And, and, you know, and a lot of us do that to a certain degree. We like to move around just so when you look at my stuff and you look at the stuff from this other guy, and at least you see that we're doing and trying different things and not just sitting next to each other and pumping out the same pictures. And that's not good for any of us. <laughs> How much uh, – we've kind of been heavy on the baseball. Obviously, that's what's in season now, and um, the Indians are certainly earning every bit of the, the, the coverage that they're getting. Um, yeah. But how much do, do things differ for you when you're shooting a Cavs game or even a Browns game? Um, well, baseball is the most kind of um, conceptual sport. You know, it's the most – the sport where you have to really sit and watch and think – and 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 be and anticipate and be like okay this may happen what will happen if this happens where will the, where will the action be because you know baseball you got action in in certain places and and in not very often you know i mean it's literally you're sitting there hoping something will go down you know hopefully there'll be a home run hopefully there'll be hits hopefully there'll be a dive at the at, from a, a position player hopefully there's a play at the plate or play at second or something there's so many things you can shoot um so you're you're definitely got a different mindset basketball different mindset you know you you've you've got action coming right at you every other time they're 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 going down the floor and when they're going away from you you know you you kind of have a a set situation where you've got a short lens to shoot the action in front of you then you got a longer lens to shoot the action and sit down on the court and you just do that back and forth back and forth back and forth so basketball you got action kind of hitting you 99 percent of the time 
Um, and then football kind of lies in between those where you, you, you kind of try to make sure you position yourself where you think the ball's going to be. Where do you think it's going to be a good picture? Do I want to get a shot of the quarterback on this play? Do I want to try and shoot the defense? Maybe they'll get a sack this play. Uh, it's, you know, it's second and short. I think they're going to go deep. Maybe I should be down the field for the receiver. You know, all that stuff for each of those sports, is it, it changes. And so you got to kind of be in the mindset of the game and, and, and be like, where's the best place to stand? And sometimes you get burned. Sometimes you're like, I'm going to go try and shoot the, you know, I'm going to shoot Deshaun Kaiser, you know, from the from the back. I think he's going to get sacked. Oh, he just throws a 40-yard touchdown. You're like, okay, I didn't expect that to happen. You know, like, it, 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 it's it's crazy, but there's, there's all the sports are very different. Yeah, I imagine the uh, Browns throw a 40-yard touchdown. Didn't expect that to happen thing occurs pretty frequently. <laughs> exactly. Right. So sometimes you could guess what's going to happen to the Browns, you know, right on almost every time. You don't, you don't say. And so it's, it, it helps to be like, okay, how can I show the Browns, you know, in their element? And like, oh, I don't really need to try. It's kind of just it's there in front of me. No, I, I love this shot that you have from a couple of years ago when the guy from the Bengals tried to jump up and do like a Lambo leap out of the dog pound. And uh, the the Browns fan basically like pie faced them and uh, yeah, shoved yeah, them yeah. out of there. How close were you on that, or was or did you just have like a really good lens from far away? Uh, so when we shoot football, um, the majority of us will use a, a super telephoto, you know, either four or longer, four hundred or longer. And when you when you see the guy standing in the field, that's a that's the big lens that you see out there. So a lot of us will have a four hundred. Some people will carry a six hundred, perhaps. Some of us carry what's what's called a 200 to 400 zoom. Uh, it's all kind of photographer speak, but uh, that's kind of your main lens because you need that distance to get what's going on in the middle of the field or get those tight shots, at, you know, in the action. Then we generally will we'll, we'll keep one or two other smaller zoom lenses with us to, to do shorter levels. That picture that you're talking about, I was probably – along the, the, the 10 or 15 yard line on the sidelines. And I had that shot with my longest lens and it just happened to be in a good, perfect place for me, really tight, perfect for that lens. Um, so that's, while it might not look like it, I'm pretty far away from that situation. I was going to say that might be one of those lenses you have to keep for 15 or 20 years. Cause it looked like you were right on top of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think, I think the one that I do use is, is, is about, reaching that level now that I think about its manufacture date. So I should knock on wood, make sure it's going to keep on trucking. So, All right. So I got to ask you this now you're, you're next to the dugouts at uh, baseball games. You're typically on the baseline for the Cavs. Um, you're on the sidelines for the Browns. Given those locations that you have, um, do you pick up on things that are happening in the games that we're not getting watching on TV or maybe sitting in the upper deck? Yes, 100% baseball, absolutely. They, I know all kinds of things because of, of being down there in the dugouts. Those guys are, like, constantly talking, constantly yelling, constantly saying, saying stuff, like constantly talking to Andre, who's the, you know, who's the Fox guy, uh, getting info out of him, talking back and forth to him, so I can hear over here all that stuff constantly. It's super fun. Like you, you get a lot of, you get a lot of uh, insight to to just how the guys are, how they, you know, if they're joking with the other team or if they're if they're picking on the other team or if they're if they're getting surly with the other team. You hear all that stuff. Football, basketball, I have, I'm I'm just as clueless as you guys are when it comes to any of that. Uh, being on the baseline, basketball does not help, um, unless you're seated closer to the bench. 
we sometimes will be seated near the visitor's bench, at least my position sometimes is near the visitor's bench. Even still, I can't hear what's going on. That place gets so loud, you can't, you can't even hear a thing. Um, in football, God forbid you come anywhere near the yellow lines near the bench, you'll get you'll get uh, body checked by a security guard over there. So. Uh, I just shocked that the NFL would be that rigid on something. Like that. <laughs> no, it used to be kind of like it used to be kind of wide open, and I shouldn't be so mean about it. But like it used to be so wide open where you could you could walk behind the bench, you could lean over, you could shoot a picture of the coach talking to a player or something, and you just walk away. Now you they all line. You can't even be behind the bench. You, if you're passing through, you got to keep moving. Otherwise, you got a security guard elbowing you, saying you can't do that, you can't do that, can't do that. So. It's a little bit frustrating what the NFL does with the, with the rules, but you know we all kind of learn to live with uh, the restrictions and whatnot. So. All right, I got to follow up on, and this is somewhat topical with what happened at the Yankees game the other day, um, and everybody talking about extending the nets now. Um, yeah. How yeah, frequently totally. is there like a? I mean, I've, we've obviously seen balls get hit over there into the. Uh, where the guys with the cameras are. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever caught one? And I have. And I have how oh, frequently sorry, are like, the, the actual, like, legit injuries? Uh, well, first of all, legit injuries, uh, AP Tony Dijak broke his hand last year, and he, he had to have surgery. He was out for, jeez, uh, I want to say he was out for, like, six months because it, it oh, broke the wow. fingers. Like, it broke his knuckles. Um, he was basically sitting in the pits, and it it, it just kind of it, it came directly at him, and he had nowhere to go. And so he just kind of went to turn, and it just got him right in the hand. And for you know being a shooter, you kind of use your hand, so it knocked him out of business. Um, the Indians are actually putting up a new series of nets in the photo bays next year for us because we had all been like, look, we got to do something because uh, I personally I have about eight balls at home. Um, that I've caught over the years, over just the, over just the last three years, I shouldn't say. Um, I, there's at least one close one a game minimum. Sometimes there's five or six. Sometimes you get a matchup that's like just killing you. Um, I want to say like last week, last homestand, maybe two homestands ago or something, uh, Urshela was up and he was just like, – he hit like four or five foul balls right at us. And, and one of them I got – one of them, the guy next to me, got uh, a couple of them just bounced enough to get back into the field. I mean, we're we're constantly getting hit over there, so it it is absolutely super dangerous. Oh, and one of the one of the cops got it right in the forehead last year too, and he had to go to the hospital with a concussion. Wow. Um, yeah. How do how do nets impact your ability to get a shot? Well, it's gonna suck, but they're <laughs> gonna build them where we can like sit and have the lens through. So while the lens may be exposed we would be behind the lens and then the rest of the netting would come just like above and below the, where the lenses would stick out kind of thing it's not ideal at all but you know the thing with us is like if we're shooting the batter that's that's like the thing it's like because if, if you want to shoot a batter to get a hit you have to be on the batter the entire time and then kind of have an eye on the pitcher and know when he throws the ball to know when to shoot the pictures and if that ball's coming at you 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 know it because you can see it in the lens, but you don't have but a second then to move. And so you'll see someone, you'll sometimes see us jump out of the way when a ball like flies into the seats, you know, 200 feet above our heads because we don't know where it's going, but we saw it come straight at us in the, in the viewfinder. And then you just have to, and then, and that's when you'll hear like nine of us all yelling, like talk or get out or whatever. 
but it, All right, can, so, it can be brutal. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, maybe that's not ideal to have a net up shooting like when you're when you're trying to get shots. But I guess it's probably better than getting a broken hand. Um, yeah, yeah, and like I said, it's gonna be put in a way where it won't block the lens. But there's extra netting up there now. I don't know if you've noticed since you know two years ago, and we we can still shoot through those nets from from up above and whatnot. It's the, the lenses still can do that. So. All right, so there have been incidents in the past. Um, you know, I can remember like Dennis Rodman getting tangled up with a photographer or a videographer on the baseline of an NBA game once. I think Albert Bell, uh, somebody caught him on a day that ends in Y, apparently, where he was in a bad mood. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not necessarily asking if you've ever had a, a major run-in with a player, but have you ever had either uh, – something like that or maybe something on the fun side with some sort of an interaction uh, with a player, whether it's baseball or another sport or uh, any kind of story um, like that. Uh, I get, I get fallen on at least once or twice during the calf season. Um, it's never been, it's never felt great, but it's never been a big deal for me. Um, just by chance it's been okay. I got J.R. Smith stuck his finger in my eye once and that, that felt really terrible for about a day and a half. Um, other than that, every once in a great while, um, one of the players will interact with us. But generally, generally it's all about like you do your thing, I'll do our thing. Um, these days, at the end of NFL games, you know when there's the big scrum on the field. Excuse me, there's a big scrum on the field after the game where everyone's looking at the coaches and the players or and the quarterbacks and all that stuff. A lot of those guys will actually grab you sometimes and say, "Hey, take my picture with this guy," because they'll be like a friend with another. Uh, you know, player on the other team, and they don't even know who you are. They just want the picture taken. They figure they'll get it somehow. Um, th- that stuff kind of happens a lot because it, it's a, it's so crazy out there. It's just it's just kind of chaos, and everyone's trying to to do their thing, and they get off the field. And you know, a lot of those guys, th- those guys are changing jerseys these days, and they want all the pictures of that stuff. You know, other than that, they don't really talk to us. Not me, at least. That's probably for the best, I would I would guess. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's like you, everyone's trying to be professional about things. Um, the Indians are different, a little different because they're they're right there in the dugout, and when you're sitting in the pits, it, you you make eye contact a bunch of times, and sometimes they'll say something to you, you know, because it's like they're sitting there for three hours, you're sitting there for three hours, and you know they're just eventually someone's just like, hey, dude, you know, or hey, what's up, or how you been today, or you know, blah blah blah, these kind of stuff, or you know, did you get that picture or something like that? And so that that's definitely a baseball thing more so than anything else. So those guys are just wired differently from everybody else anyway, aren't they? I've, well, uh, baseball I, I, players. I, I absolutely believe that. I think the baseball players are definitely the most friendly and most down to earth guys out of the, out of the, the players that I at least interact with. So you almost have to be, you, you got to just have a little bit of quirkiness to get through 162 games in six months plus uh, any sort of postseason that you're going to be in. And I got to imagine that with them winning, what is it now, 27 out of 28, that uh, it's been a pretty fun bunch to be around. Oh, yeah. I mean, those those guys are throwing sunflower seeds in the pits. I mean, granted, they're trying to hit Andre most of the time, but they don't care what they're They're throwing sunflower seeds, bottle caps. The Trevor Bauer, he's got like a, a thing with the Gatorade caps, man, and he like's got some kind of little – flick of the wrist that he can get it to go like he'll throw it from the middle of the dugout and it'll go out to the field and then zip back and curve and hit the people in the pits it's crazy and they do this 
constantly, but you never see it unless you're like looking for it. But I'll be standing there like just doing whatever, and I'll get hit in the head with a Gatorade cap, and I'm like, what the hell is? Oh, it's Trevor Bauer's throwing caps again. So, so those guys are definitely doing that. Obviously, you shoot the big three sports. What other sort of stuff do you end up doing around here, or do you ever go on the road, or do or in general do the sports just kind of pick whoever's local? Um. Yeah, so so I'm a I'm a I'm a local region local slash regional photojournalist, and I'm a freelancer. So uh, one of my clients is a sports client, and that takes up you know probably 85 to 100 days a year of my schedule, which is a good thing. Um, and then the rest of my time, I shoot you know um, other other kinds of journals and stuff. For, you know, a lot of magazine work, um, and then a lot of corporate and commercial work around town as well. So I've got. Um, my hands in a, in a lot of different things. And I'll do some weddings during the summer as well. So like I've, I've got like my hand in all kinds of different things. And uh, aside from just the, you know, the sports work, um, what was, what did you, what was your question again? You said, which of the three sports do you like the most? Which, which do I like the most? Yeah. Um, to shoot. Well, Is it the same yeah. one that you also like the most as a sport? No, it's not. Um, I, I really like to shoot basketball because I can really get, a lot of great action, great faces. It, there's a lot of emotion going on all the time. The access is amazing. You can pretty much get what you need, and then and the, and the action is all like kind of there, right in front of you. Uh, love to shoot it. I hate it. Can't stand back <laughs> as a sport. I am not a fan <laughs> at all. Which is, of course, the the sport we you know have a championship in recently. Um, uh, as far as like the sport I like to watch is football, and I like to probably root for the Indians the most out of the, the, the three sports. But yeah, it's funny that basketball is the least, least my, my least favorite, but it is what it is. Can you, uh, can you tell us what kind of assignments you got coming up here? I know the, uh, the Browns will be out of town again this weekend, but I'm, I'm guessing you're probably going to shoot some Indians games coming up. Are you going to be a Cavs media day too? I actually am not going to be a Cavs media day. Um, oh. the first year because I had taken a, a corporate gig in Chicago um, over the weekend. So I will be in Chicago from Sunday through Wednesday doing a, a, a huge medical conference, um, photographing speakers and things like that. Um, it just happened to fall on Cavs Media Day, which I kind of had the inkling it might happen, but sometimes you got to take the, you got to take the longer term stuff sometimes. So, so I think one of our other shooters, I think one of our guys from out of town is going to be doing Cavs Media Day. Uh, that's Monday, I think. But when uh, when I get back, I'll be on the, the last two of the Indians games, and then on the Browns the last day of the season. So uh, it gets pretty busy that weekend because it's Indians, Indians, Browns. Oh, and, and well, Indians are playing the same day as the Browns. So yeah. All right. So a media day is that a fun event for you to shoot, or is something like that a pain in the ass? It's a pain in the ass. It's um, it's it's a mostly because it's a really long day, and for us, we're one of the wire services that has to get the headshot. So we have to go in and we have to set up a huge, um, you know, uh, backdrop with lighting and all this kind of stuff, and then we have to get a headshot of every one of the players and all the coaches. And it also does give you a, a chance to interact with the players and get different kinds of portraits. So that part of it's kind of cool, and it's always been fun to like get kind of a cool portrait of LeBron or, or Kyrie or something and, and have that as like a thing to be like, okay, this is kind of cool. You know, it's kind of cool to get these guys in a different setting. And that's when you, you have a more of an interaction, talk to them because you know, you're one-on-one with them. So you at least get a couple of minutes. LeBron, it's like 30 seconds, but at least some of the other guys you get like 
two, three, four minutes if you want, and you can, you can make a decent picture out of that, you know, um, aside from just like doing the, the, the simple mugshot stuff. Um, but the other pain in the ass part of the day is that you have to shoot features too. So you're kind of running back and forth. You're shooting, shooting guys getting their mug shots and you're shooting over here getting features and you're trying to shoot the coaches at the podium. And then, you know, nine hours later, you're like, we're still here. <laughs> so who's fun to work with from the players? Oh, Kyrie was pretty cool. Um, I, I, I don't know who that is. I've never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was fun to work with. Um, uh. <laughs> you know, the the guys that have the most fun are the, are the guys that you certainly are, are the, the more laid back, but not the starters, not the stars, um, except for Irving was different. Um, you know, uh, Jerry Fry was a good guy. Um, Sean Burt's a good guy. J.R. Smith's a good guy. You know, those guys are all, like, really personable guys. Um, once you get a little bit, you know, more up the scale, it's a, they're a little bit more standoffish, a little bit harder to work with. But, they, uh, you know, again, it could be it could be anything. It could be that's the way they are to begin with. It could be just sick of being there kind of thing. So, Yeah, you never know if you're, like, catching one of them on a bad day, and it's like that's the, you know, the, that, that's right. the, the shots you're going to have right. to – working from for the year uh, until the I mean, you know, for studio wise. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I can see where that would be. Uh, yeah. Stressful. Guys, even on just, just the amount of guys who are set up in there with, with, with gear set up for mugshots is crazy. Like there's at least seven, eight stations that they have to go to. So by the seventh or eighth one, they're like, why am I doing this again? Like, you know, they don't quite understand sometimes, or they don't really care. They just know that they're in the in their eighth little section getting their photo taken, you know, and they're just like, oh, screw this guy, you know. So sometimes if you're that ace guy for that ace for that one player, he's just like, you get two seconds, you're done, you know. Other times they're they're having a good time. All right. Yeah. So the last thing I wanted to ask you about um, now, you've obviously got all the top of the line gear, but uh, you know, I'm a guy that when I go to a game, I'm I like getting some pictures from the stands. What do you think about? Um, like when you see people, uh, just fans, I mean, nobody is like going to a game and going home and, and writing about a game if they're a fan in the stands, but odds are everybody's got a camera phone now and the iPhone's a lot better than it used to be even like four or five years ago. I've like gone out and bought like clip on uh, wide angle lenses to try to get like a new, uh, desktop wallpaper, uh, for my computer. Um, I'm just kind of curious, like what the professional photographer's perspective is uh, on uh, amateur hacks like us up in the seats. <laughs> um, well, you know, cameras are they're they're tools, and you just have to know how to use the tool that you're giving. And I mean, and you 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 said the perfect example. If you're just trying to put a wide angle lens on your iPhone to try and get a nice overall shot of the stadium, that's not a, a that's not a crazy way to do it. You know, that's that's not a bad idea, you know, but are you trying to shoot action on the field? I mean, that's just silly. I mean, it, it depends on what you're trying to do, having the right kind of equipment to do it and, and going out there and doing it. You know, we, we will shoot overalls uh, when the stadiums are full during special events, you know, opening days, playoffs, that kind of thing. And it's a real pain in the butt <laughs> to be honest with you. You gotta, you gotta get up in the stands. You gotta get up to a position. You gotta carry extra gear. You gotta carry the extra, you know, camera or uh, camera with a wide angle lens kind of thing. And it, it's almost like, yeah, a guy in the seats, he could do the same thing. And, and sometimes, you know, people in the stands, perfect example, there might be this amazing sunset happening over Jacob's or over progressive field. Right. 
we're on the field shooting. We can't see it. You got a guy who's up in the, you know, upper deck, sitting off to the uh, off to the off the first base line. He might see something that you would just be amazed to see and photograph. But this guy's got his, you know, he's got his little camera and he's shooting away and he's going to come up with an amazing picture. So I mean, it's. It, it, you know, it's 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 all about where you are, what your what your expectations are, and what you're trying to accomplish. I guess so. Well, if you ever want to set me up with a credential, I'd be glad to uh, take care of all that uh, work from the uh, the nosebleeds up there, and so you don't have to lug your equipment upstairs. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put the word in for you. I'll see what they say. I, I will not hold my breath. Uh, Trev, uh, any other questions that you have before we let uh, Ken get out of here? <laughs> no, that about does it for me. All right. Ken, this has been fun, man. This is this is awesome. So uh, thank you so All much right, for joining us. Sure, sure. Good. I, I hope I didn't ramble too much and it was sort of understandable. So. No, <laughs> I think it's honestly of- one of those I think it's one of those like, like people know that like th- that you exist that there's that there are photographers this is what they do all the time i don't think anybody has a clue like what their actual job is like though so oh it's no definitely yeah, i agree with that. like <laughs> hear like the uh the contacts and like what the a day in the life is like and that's the beautiful right thing about a podcast we can go all night so uh, but we won't <laughs> we'll uh we'll, we'll let you get out of here where uh where can people uh, what's the easiest way for people to see your work uh what you said earlier, the um, the website uh, KenBlaze.com, that's the easiest way to see some stuff. That's kind of my favorite, and then that all links to different uh, social media stuff. I'm on the Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. It's all either KenBlaze or KenBlaze Photography. It's all it's all relatively the same stuff. But uh, Instagram is a fun place. I put most of my new stuff or current stuff on Instagram. And that's that's the that's sometimes where you'll see some of the the uh, uh, I don't know behind the scenes stuff here and there too. So that might be a good place to send, to start. I think you had a whole uh, series of portraits for Cleveland scene that uh, were up there uh, a little while back. That uh, yeah, really cool there. Do, yeah. Um, thank you. They do. A, they do a people issue every year. And uh, I just, that was I, it. I did that for them. Yeah. And it's, it's a, that's a super fun assignment because you get to meet a ton of different people, a ton of different uh, walks of life, professions, whatever. And then you get to put together this cool portrait series of a, it's, it's a super fun assignment. Very cool. cool. All right. So everybody listening, go check out uh, Ken on Instagram and you can get to that through his website, KenBlaze.com. As for us, um, if you want to catch up on past episodes of our show, you can check out our website, the nail podcast.com. Uh, go subscribe to our show on Apple podcasts or uh, Google play, or we're also on Stitcher and go like our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the nail podcast. Uh, thanks again to Ken Blaze. This is a lot of fun here over the last 45 minutes or so. We will be back next week, probably. Uh, all sorts of good stuff going on. Get ready for the Indians going into the uh, the postseason, wrapping up the regular season here. And uh, Cavs are going to be getting going sooner than, uh, than we realize, especially with the early start to the NBA season. So uh, all sorts of fun stuff going on in Cleveland. So for Travis Julie, I'm Tom Valentino. It's been the Nail in the Coffin, and we will talk to you again soon. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. 
The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 